0: Hello, and welcome to the PR Department podcast. You're through to your host, Katie Braden, and this is episode 54. Today, I wanted to talk about um, founders and their relationship and role within brands and how that's changed because of TikTok. So As we know, TikTok is rocking and a rolling. Some brands are still not on there, which I just find fascinating. Um, Like it's really going from strength to strength. And there are also brands who are on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And they run their business like completely off TikTok, like they don't really do any other PR marketing aside from TikTok. I find these people equally fascinating. Um, TikTok Live has gone from like a super cringe, like QVC style model to people selling like multi-million pounds worth of products on there. It's absolutely kamikaze. Anyway, so I saw a video on TikTok from a brand called The Lux Collective. So, the concept of the Lux Collective is they buy and sell, um, secondhand luxury designer pieces, um, from their TikTok, I think they mainly do accessories like bags and shoes, but I'm, I don't know, don't quote me on that, um, and they've just been on Dragon's Den and they got, um, what's it called, investment, hello, I am recording this on a Friday guys, so I am like lacking brain cells just a tiny bit, um, personal update I have I've been quite sick the last couple of weeks like fine in myself but I've had this like horrific chesty cough which is stunning um so obviously because it was my voice I just wasn't able to record a podcast so now I'm like doing it on a Friday um but at least I'm not coughing so there you go there's an update you didn't ask for but anyway, they got investment from Stephen Bartlett and so now, like, you know, the business is going from strength to strength. It's growing. Like, it's growing on TikTok anyway because it is. <laughs> that was a Friday sentence if ever I heard one. Um, so I saw recently that the founder was making a video on TikTok basically saying that He's spending all of his time at the moment and all of his meetings trying to figure out like how he can basically step back from being present on TikTok and like spending all of his time making content. So with these brands who are doing really, really well on TikTok, the founders are very, very prevalent in their content in comparison to other brands that have maybe come up in other areas so for example like brands who came up during the Instagram era like most of the time when a brand sort of blows up like you don't really the average consumer doesn't know who the founder is they don't know anything about the founder they're not interested in knowing anything about the founder they just want to buy the products like for example Glossier right that absolutely had its boom, like the height of Instagram aesthetic, millennial pink era, stunning. Like, unless you're in the industry and, like, you're really into the brand, nine times out of ten, you don't know who the founder is. Like, she's not posting videos directly onto the Glossier page. Like, most of the time, it took years, I think, before you even sort of saw her face. And it wasn't until she had this, like, amazing you know, like growth business story that you started seeing like her face more and her name more and, you know, obviously talking about the amazing success of Glossier and like the woman behind it. But that didn't come for like years and years after. So that is quite normal for brands and has been quite normal for brands. However, because of TikTok, a lot of founders are now being forced into being the face of the brand because, unlike Instagram, Instagram you can post pictures of products, you can base your brand on aesthetics, it doesn't have to be, you know, there's a brand voice but there doesn't necessarily have to be a person or like a sales, a direct salesperson or a personality, it can just be about the products, whereas these brands that have really blown up on TikTok, you kind of need someone to sell them, like People are tapping into the content because of the people just as much because of the brand. And the founder of the Lux Collective was very, very prevalent in those early videos. Like, he was making a lot of, like, fashion commentary videos that obviously people would tune into. He was making a lot of videos where he was, like, unboxing, like, fakes and things, which obviously people were interested in. But in the meantime, they're then, like, massively tying him, his likeness and his face and his personality as to whether or not they like and enjoy and buy from the brand um a really good example is they had um a boy working for them called josh who used to be very very prevalent in the Lux collective content like as they were sort of blowing up on tiktok and again people really associated like josh's name likeness personality how he was featured in content with the Lux collective and then obviously Josh, being like a junior member of staff, left <laughs> as a lot of junior members of staff do at some stage. And then months and months and months later, he was seen working for a restaurant and like being involved with content, TikTok content for this restaurant. And people were like, oh my gosh, it's Josh from the Lux Collective. And he's still very much like associated with the Lux Collective's sort of brand voice and like he is very much part of the brand which is so funny because he was employed for a short period of time now he literally works somewhere else nothing to do with fashion and every time people see him on this restaurant's tiktok they're like oh it's josh from the luxe collective which just goes to show the power of like the face of the brand essentially like if we go back to the sort of more traditional face of the brand like a lot of the time um you know, you'll have a celebrity which is the face and then people associate that celebrity with that brand and they will sort of forever and ever. So a good example is like, when Dior do their men's aftershave commercial and they have Johnny Depp as the face like when you see Johnny Depp you associate it with those perfume campaigns and vice versa you then have the launch of Morphe 2 where they brought in um, Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio to be like the celebrity faces of Morphe 2 to kind of change the direction of the whole brand and tap into a whole new audience so they had a face that then represented the audience they were Trying to tap into. Um, and I remember at the very beginning when Morphe 2 launched, like people literally thought that it was Charlie and Dixie's brand, like it was their own brand. And then people came to realize that they were just the faces of Morphe 2, like it wasn't their beauty brand, if that makes sense. Um, But that is sort of happening informally and without strategy with founders and people who work for these brands on TikTok. Like their personality, their likeness, the people who follow follow for the people as opposed to the brand. So this means that without the face, without the founder the audience that they've generated on TikTok and their customers are not necessarily bound to the brand, they're bound to the people. So that's when I saw this video with the founder basically saying like he needs to be a founder of the business and he wants to have his daily tasks not revolve around like making TikTok content and all that jazz. And it got me thinking like how I can totally understand his point of view. Like it must be so annoying to be the founder of the business and be like, oh, I've just got to make a TikTok video real quick. Like there are so many bigger fish to fry, especially because now he's just had investment. He's onboarding a new investor in Stephen Bartlett. And that means like there's lots of shifts, lots of changes, lots of logistics that need to go on behind the scenes. And he's tied into keeping his brand afloat via making TikTok content. Like I can see why as a founder... You wouldn't want to do that. However, I have a completely different perspective on it because a lot of the brands that I work with, like, for example, some of the brands that I work with, I've worked with for a full like seven or eight years, and they're kind of trying to do the complete opposite. Like, I have one brand which is such a success like I took them from launch like I was on the team for launch they were selling products out of their living room um and now they're stocked in like every single major stockist globally like press know about them they feature them all the time organically like influencers love them like ev- they're they're basically like a beauty sort of household name at this point but their strategy at the moment is getting their founder out there and positioning her as, like, a hair expert. So she's actually on their social media pages for the first time, where they've probably gone about six or seven years with her being completely behind the scenes. Like, she didn't really want to be, like, in the limelight she didn't really want to be quoted her name wasn't really out there she wasn't making content and now they're like scheduling time into her week where she makes tiktok content about like her tips and tricks and like her thoughts on things as an expert and like explaining the product and the science and the behind the scenes and all that jazz because consumers are calling for genuine connections like i've said this time and time again consumers nowadays are choosing brands the same as they choose their friends they want the brands to have the same ethics morals they want to buy from people who look like them they want to sort of you know vote with their dollar like people are very conscious that in this capitalist society you can make a difference based on the things you choose to buy and where you choose to spend your money and I think inherently that's why it's so important to people to understand who they're buying from and whether or not they connect with them on a human level which is really great to see because we're moving away hopefully from people just buying out of convenience like you know blindly buying like plt even though it's like terrible for the world like people are sort of making more conscious consumer choices and that comes with having a connection with the founder of the brand that they are buying into like we've just seen you know with the conflict going on in gaza um you know corporate brands who have openly sort of sided one way people have boycotted and now we're weeks in and media are reporting like massive drops in profit for these huge corporate companies such as like mcdonald's starbucks you know people are really understanding the power of the coin um So I think that all comes back to, you know, consumers really being more conscious and wanting to understand who they are purchasing from and also who they're supporting. Like, you know, I was watching a video yesterday that was totally unrelated but it was about like influencers who have had this amazing like success and wealth growth um, but they've completely lost touch with the fact that the only reason they're so wealthy is because their followers have literally given them money Um, and I think people understand that a little bit more now like when you're buying a product you are lying in the pocket of the person that you are buying from it's a very like more humanistic transaction So yeah that's why with my brands in particular I'm working on really like showcasing those founders because a lot of brands that I work with have really really amazing founders who ethically do things really really well. Like I try and only work with brands who have like strong sustainability core or like strong founder stories and really like authentic messaging just because like it absolutely kills my soul not to work on brands like that to be honest um but less about me um so you know getting those real authentic and engaging stories out there that people i know people are going to resonate with and want to sort of buy into like we're kind of doing the complete opposite And that's why I wanted to discuss this because there's obviously two ways of looking at it. Like when you are involuntarily the face of the brand, like for example, with my brand, like we're strategizing like how the founder is being presented as part of the brand and as the face of the brand. So like, you know, we're positioning them as an expert and they talk about X, Y, and Z. Like it's quite specific and it's, controlled you know like they're not just going on there telling you what they had for dinner and like how they got a divorce last year you know it's not like oversharing it's like positioning them in a certain way so they're known for talking about certain things and being an expert in a certain field is the selling point whereas i feel like founders who have come up on tiktok It gets very personal, and that's because of the style and nature of the platform. It's short form video content. It's very, like, feels very, like, FaceTime y, if that makes sense. Um, So, therefore, founders have become the face of the brand without necessarily planning to do so, but then they are sharing, like, personal content, and people also have direct access to them like where I'm doing it with my founders, with my brands, I would like to get them to the point where they have personal pages but all of their sort of activity is through their brand page so it's in a brand controlled environment. A lot of these TikTok founders have personal pages so where they're like going live and doing this and doing that and responding to comments people and consumers then have direct access to them um like for example where we saw this sort of madness around the p louise like christmas saga and black friday saga where you know people weren't getting their products or like whatever there was huge logistic issues like you had the founder coming on tiktok explaining the situation while she's working in the warehouse and she's not posting from the p louise page she's posting from her own personal page so then people are literally leaving her comments like talking directly to her like that is a bit of a nightmare situation because you then have a founder and a face of the brand in a position doing things and people having access to them that they shouldn't necessarily have. Like, it's not really their role. But because of the nature of TikTok and how close they are to it and how well they've used it to kind of propel their brand, they then get into this really tricky place where if they then step away, like, for example, if Paige Louise from P. Louise like deleted her personal account, that's then a statement Um, Or if she stops posting, that's then a statement. Or if she starts deleting comments or blocking people, that's a statement. So everything you do is taken as something strategic from the brand when actually it's just a person, but they're not just people. They are the faces of brands and that does have a certain call, you know, the content there's a calling for it in a certain way. Um, But I just found that fascinating that just organically because of the nature of tiktok what content does well how brands have really like skyrocketed on there without much like external help like these guys don't have external marketing teams that i know of like they're running relatively small like founder owned startup companies essentially they've blown up because of tiktok and then all of a sudden they're in the limelight and they're essentially influencers themselves and they're being held accountable in the same way that influencers are um but they have the entire brand on their shoulders which is now massive which means they have thousands of eyes on them and thousands of people leaving content uh comments and they just kind of have to know how to manage that without any advice really which is such a privileged position to be in that they were able to blow up in this way and make you know literally millions and grow whole brands without external help and without external investment just because of tiktok but then it does come with his downfalls um because the founder then is very very attached to the brand and we've seen time and time again when founders make mistakes or when founders are not good people and then people find out which I was saying to someone at an event the other day like if you're not a good person behind the scenes or you you know have certain views or whatever it doesn't matter how long you go on for it will eventually come out in the wash and that goes for like founders brands influencers like anyone who lives their life online it will come out in the wash eventually so you've seen time and time again where people are not clicking or vibing with the influencer slash founder of the brand and then the brand suffers like a great example is like Kat Von D like she used to have such a successful affiliation with her makeup brand the makeup brand was doing really really well everybody loved it everybody loved her she then took a turn obviously everything comes out in the wash I won't go into it because it's detailed but she fell out of favor big time um and then obviously what are people are going to do they're going to boycott the brand so in order to try and save the brand she was then removed as the founder so she now has nothing to do with the brand at all um they probably bought her out and i don't suppose she makes anything from it now which is crazy to think she was so involved in the success of that brand and now she's just like had to be cut out because of her own actions like if isn't if this isn't the product of my own downfall you know and they had to rebrand to kvd beauty and they've now spent years basically trying to get all of their marketing and all of their pr for people like not to associate it with kat von d and even to this day like this happened years ago even to this day influencers will still go "Oh, i've got this eyeliner from kat von d and it's like that's literally like not the brand anymore um it's something like something something vegan beauty now like it's it doesn't not even supposed to stand for Kat Von D which to be honest from a rebrand perspective of course people are still going to call it Kat Von D when you've called it KVD like it's way too close like they should have just called it something completely different instead of like You know, relying on people to remember that it's not Kat Von D, even though the initials literally KVD. Anyway, could talk about that all day, but that is a great example of when the founder is too close. The founder is the face, like literally the face of the brand. They fall out of favor. People don't want to support them, and therefore they withdraw their money, and the brand suffers. So, you know, you do when you are positioning your founder as the face you have to be careful because the whole brand rides on their shoulders and that's why i can understand why the founder of the lux collective wants to move on from being that in that position but i feel like because of where they've launched and where they've had their success on tiktok and because of how much success they've had and how well known he is I'm not sure that's going to be possible because anybody else who fills those shoes is not going to be the founder. It's going to be some random person. So it's a really, really delicate and tricky thing to manoeuvre and there's absolutely no right answer. Um, But yeah, those are just my thoughts on it with a few examples. Um, I think you'll find it interesting now when you start watching these brands that are on tiktok and the founders interactions and how they play a part i think with that in mind you look at it quite differently because i know i always do um i always look at it with my pr goggles on which obviously this is the pr department podcast and we do talk about things from a pr perspective um so on that note i hope you found that interesting i hope you learned something um as always you can catch me over on at the pr department podcast over on instagram um yeah also if you want to leave the podcast a review that's great I should really start asking people to do that at the beginning of the episode so from here on in hopefully I remember to do that um but yeah I will see you on the next one